0: Girl have you watched? Ooh 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 girl have you watched? Girl 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 have you watched? Girl 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 girl, girl have, have you, you watched? watched? Okay, and we are recording. So, hey guys, uh welcome to Girl Have You Watched. Um I am Bella Newfang. And um, I, I am the one speaking right now And uh, let me just introduce you to my co-host, Hannah Hannah, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, howdy everyone,
1: I'm Hannah I am good friend slash comrade of Bella And we are both avid movie watchers mm-hmm. I don't think we would consider either of ourselves to be like aficionados of movies no. We no, just no. like watching them a lot And we like talking to them a lot But not much, not many of our other friends seem to have the same nerve uh passion so mm-hmm. we're like let's take it to the internet maybe someone somewhere
0: will find us <laughs> so hopefully you are here because you feel the same way um little little about us we uh, apparently were baby best friends i didn't know this um, yes um it's a very <laughs> it's a long story but we rekindled our friendship about you know
1: Fe- several months ago because we're just so confident in our social skills our parents kept telling us that we were best friends until we were forced to reconnect
0: yeah it was, but it was a it good was decision fine. yeah it's fine Definitely. everything's fine mm-hmm. um we go to school together mm-hmm. we so we are we're both broke college students mm-hmm. so uh i mean Wish pers- that wasn't the case but you dude know. same um i don't really know like what i'm trying to get out of this podcast like i'm just trying something but yeah i mean honestly yeah. I just love to
1: never get a real job and this
0: be my. That game. would be really cool. I
1: think that's completely realistic. We shame for that.
0: You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, a little about this podcast. Um, do you ever have it where, like, someone Hannah, like, this is a question for you, and as well as okay. our maybe listeners, do you ever have it where you're talking to someone and they're like, "Girl, have you seen this?" And you just either you have to be like, "No," and then they're mm-hmm. like, "Never mind," or you have to be like. Yeah, and then you have to pretend like you know what they're talking about. Yes,
1: usually for me, it's romantic comedies that I say that to. Not yeah. to hate romantic comedies, I just feel like we've reached a point where we don't expect a lot from them, so we don't we are not given a lot as audience members in regards to quality for that genre. For sure, and for I sure. feel like for me, I'm the one who always asks, "Have you seen this weird like sci-fi movie with really deep themes about humanity and identity?" And all my friends are like, "No, <laughs> what?"
0: Me, Say what? <laughs> for me, it's like, have you watched this movie about the childhood of a horrible serial killer? And they're like, no, because I'm normal. Yeah.
1: See, I tried. Um, speaking of serial killers, that new Hulu series that's coming out with what's the the case, the Gypsy Rose? Blanco oh thing. yeah. Um, yeah. I was trying to explain that to my sister, and she started tearing up, so I had to stop. <laughs> so I'm like, it's very fascinating, the psycholo- like the psychology of it all. And she was like, no. <laughs> So
0: that's just a daily occurrence for me. But that's what this podcast is for and like we're going to get off track. So I you know, I hopefully that doesn't deter people, but this podcast is so <clears throat> that we can help you listeners in knowing what people are talking about and giving you an Overview, so you can at least like have like an intelligent answer without having to spend money on going to see a movie, or if you just have no interest in it, yeah. But this podcast is what our goal is to be. Um, we are going to recap a movie in its entirety, mm-hmm. so this will be a spoiler situation, photo yes. show. Sure. Do For not sure. expect
1: us skirting around plot details because you're not be getting everything.
0: Like, we're, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Um, I I like to be like, oh, this looked pretty when this happened, and I also am a of... I enjoyed of, this thing. Yeah, like, really bad dialogue. I will call that out real quick. Mm-hmm. Hannah is... Uh, she look, is very good at the production aspect of things, and, like... You know, I I, I say you would have that advantage over me and that you are actually taking classes about how to to film things. I mean, I still wouldn't
1: consider myself to be an expert. There's definitely people
0: who have been at this
1: longer, but I think it's just a... For sure. It's more than just a hobby at this point, so...
0: Yeah. Um, But I guess
1: I'd say our goal for you guys, anyone out there, is if you're at a party situation and the question is thrown out there, you can have somewhat of an intelligent response or you can just fake it till you make it.
0: Or if you're, like, one of these people, like, I'm kind of like this, where I like to know what I'm going into. If you want to see a movie or, like, you've never you've never watched it and you're mm-hmm. finally getting around to it and you just want to know what to expect, like, we're here for this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm conflicted about those kind of conversations. I'm like, part of me is like,
1: artistic purity, like, going with not knowing anything. And then yeah. part of me is like, but I'm also really curious and impatient and I want to know what happens. Right,
0: right um so so should we get into it oh yes yes is this a thing okay so for our first ever ever podcast we are going to be discussing glass that sounded like disgusting that's not my intention (laughs) we'll Um, be conversating conversing conversing. there it is just say talk (laughs) um (laughs) we're gonna be talking about glass um, the movie directed and was it written by as well? It was written by him, yeah. Um, M. Night. Shyamalan. Sh- Sh- Shyamalan. Shyamalan. <laughs> Shyamalan. I actually can't think of his real name right now. Can you... Is it Shyamalan? It's M. Night Shyamalan, yeah. Thank you. Um, I have conflicted feelings about this man. I So we went and saw this movie together. Mm. And I like i cry a lot only in movies (laughs) not i cry a lot um but i like cathartic releases only watching movies
1: at the end
0: (laughs) hannah was upset and angry and i was just
1: crying i Um, I was not accepting of what i was given and bella just fell apart it
0: was it was really bad um but to kind of like to kind of start off so this is the third movie in, would you say, the Unbreakable universe? I would say, like, the, it's, an, um, it's a trilogy starting yeah. from the Unbreakable
1: movie, but it's, like, the most subversive like unconventional superhero trilogy i've ever seen because yeah. the first one came out i want to say 15 years ago unbreakable mm-hmm. um came out i want to say 2000 like yeah i think i ha- i can find that out but i think it's
0: 2000 and split came out i want it was it like 2016
1: 2016 or 2015 yeah and the whole twist because that's his thing M Night not loves his twists was that split was a secret sequel to unbreakable we
0: didn't know
1: and, like, only five people at the time probably figured it out. And then they're like, oh, we have to watch them all.
0: Yeah. Um, which is why I, like, why I went and saw this movie. is Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember watching Unbreakable, but it didn't mm-hmm. really leave. Like, it, now that I'm older, I can appreciate it and be like, right. wow, this is brilliant. But, like, when I saw it, like, when I was, like, a teenager, you know, I was like, oh, like, whatever, it's kind of weird. But yeah. I loved Split. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like, I was down to watch this. Mm-hmm. Um. so should we should we start on the plot maybe
1: yeah. Um,
0: yeah. opening scene
1: <laughs> credit um, I think we're just gonna assume for the sake of time that you guys have seen Unbreakable and Split I mean you can yeah. technically go into this movie having not seen it but I feel like you don't get as much out of it and you definitely won't react as strongly as we did <laughs> yeah like this
0: is a recapping show but we aren't recapping everything right now yeah. we, we might do Unbreakable and Split in the Perhaps, future but not today my friends yeah
1: um so, we open up on Kevin Wendell Crumb, who is the main character of Split, who has all 23 different personalities. He has DID. And he has since escaped, not escaped, but has kind of fled from the zoo where he's employed. Was employed. I don't think he is anymore.
0: No, I imagine he would be fired after having yeah, I don't think you know, kidnapped five well. people and murdered them. Yeah. It's fine.
1: I'll give you a second chance, pal. Don't do it again.
0: <sighs> um... <laughs>
1: But he has uh, kidnapped three cheerleaders, kind of like the classic, like, superhero panel. Three high school girls in the same cheerleading costume are in peril in this
0: random factory. And And they were, like, they're chained to, like, this random pipe, which I, like, (laughs) I specifically (laughs) did not enjoy that. Part I'm I was like, like that is not like you know that's really uncomfortable. Big. You know they have been going to the bathroom in that spot for the past two days. Like I didn't think of it as that. I just thought like how oh. is that related
1: to the integrity of the? Bed? Oh, like, I was it's just, just there for them to get pinned to that it.
0: that too. <laughs> um, now was it just mirror? Did you feel like like the beast? Like mm-hmm. it was kind of more an unhinged version than. In split like that's what I noticed was the difference in this movie is I felt like the horde didn't mm-hmm. have as much control and it was like the beast taken over well I guess bit. you
1: could kind of from like a ugh, film perspective yeah Um, you could say that Kevin was kind of locked in his like life and job at the zoo and he was modeling all of the, these behaviors For sure, off yeah. of animals in the zoo so then when he escapes it's kind of like a wild animal on the prowl so I guess that's what I would say about that it's kind of like... No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why you're no, here. Free. You provide,
0: like, analysis <laughs> like that. But,
1: yeah, I think that's very interesting. I'm just... Ugh, this movie. I'm so torn. Um, I, like, there's elements where I'm like, oh, he's so clever. And then there's elements where I'm like, why did you ruin your own franchise? Ugh, okay. We'll get to that
0: part. Don't worry. <clears throat> okay. Um, But, yeah, so it opens on, on Kevin uh, Wendell Crumb as mm. the... Was he as the Beast, or was it, like... I, I think, think it was Hedwig. Dennis, wasn't it? Noah's like, Hedwig, yeah. Yeah,
1: he's skating around as Hedwig because of the nine year old personality that he has. Yes. Which is like much needed comic relief because the opening credits are very intimidating. And then
0: you see Hedwig right. and you're like, whew, okay. And like, meanwhile, all this is happening. Um, we kind of cut to. It, David Dunn. Yeah. Who um, he was in a plane, or not a plane, <laughs> he was in a train crash. Yeah, a train wreck. Like, he's super strong and like yeah, invincible he is the sole survivor of, he is um, unbreakable if you will mm, um mm. and so he is he's communicating with um his son I didn't I haven't again I haven't seen unbreakable in like mm. how many years and I was like who's this random man he's t-? that's his that's mm-hmm. the kid from the first movie yeah um and Joseph they're tracking Mann. would you say that they were tracking crime or just like the like the beast in general
1: they made it sound like, because, like, his son Joseph pulls up, like, Twitter and different, like, social yeah. media feeds. It sounded like he had been doing, like, vigilante acts for a while. But I think the horde was definitely the most prominent thing on mm-hmm. both of their radars. Other than that, just seemed like he was pursuing, like, petty
0: crime. Right, like those kids. So it, yeah. it also shows, like... Because, like, he leaves his son. He's like, oh, I, I'm going to go take a walk. And that's, like, a signal that he's going to go look for crime. Mm-hmm. And, like, these two hooligans are, like, kicking people. Okay, that was the one thing I was, re- I was like, that
1: is not really a crime. That's just people being stupid. Like, that's them being jerks. And like Yeah. So they punch this this old guy and then run away. Like, they vlog themselves punching this old man. And they call it... uh Superman punch or something
0: like that. I was like, you were asking really for a lawsuit. About it.
1: And they're being really annoying about it, but I'm like, Jake paul took videos of someone who, like, committed suicide in the forest and no one, like, put him in jail. Yeah. But that doesn't make you a good person, right. but I was
0: like, mm. whatever.
1: I don't know. I thought like maybe they'd open on those two guys, like, robbing a convenience store or something. Yeah. And I was like, well, that makes sense.
0: And they, they didn't, so, like, that was kind of like <laughs> They one weren't of, thieves. They <laughs> weren't. They were just jerks. Um. Yeah. And that's why I was kind of confused. I was like, okay, Man, but then I, w- I wish I could arrest any jerk that I see. But, right. I wish the world worked, worked that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, the police would not have a job. Yeah. Um, but so David Dunn follows them home, beats the ever living crap out of them. Yes. Um, throws one through like a window or something, mm-hmm. and then he's is he's caught on camera, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. They catch him, like, coming out of this apartment complex, mm-hmm. I want to say, and that's they as in, um, the authorities, but also, like... They're kind of, like, independent, like, operating outside of the They are. It, it's, like, a an independent militant team that is tracking not only him, but also Kevin Wendell Crumb. Yeah. Um, because, and, and, like, they go into it more in the movie, but, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: like, what was the name of the... Pro- Ellie Staple was the name of the psychiatrist. Yes. I kind of thought of her as, like, almost like a nurse ratchet kind of situation. Yeah, like from when one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Because she didn't really seem to be reporting to anyone and had absolute power over yeah. all of her patients. Which didn't seem entirely healthy, despite her being like, I'm here to help you. But I only came with three days for me to work some sort of miracle before. Right.
0: But I guess I'm jumping ahead. She comes... To to get to that point, so, like, Mm -hmm. um, Joseph, who's the son of David Dunn, he helps David Dunn. He's like, hey, I think the Horde is here with um, these girls that he kidnapped. Because at this point, they assume that, like, the Horde is kidnapping girls, or something mm. they don't know what so he's like why don't you wait and like we'll we'll stake it out whatever David yeah. Dunn's like nah like I got this I'm going on a freaking walk and it's like mm. this really awkward scene with M. Night Shyamalan like doing a yeah. cameo and I was like he always puts
1: himself in his movies but this time he tried to like further the arc of like a small character and it he wasn't an working unbreakable, but he played some guy who maybe was like healing drugs outside of the stadium. Right. But, like, he was never caught, and that was never, like, 100%, like, discussed after the fact. And so now like, he's like, I'm back in this video store. He's like, I used to be a shady guy. And we're like, oh, oh, oh. The one thing I thought was interesting, though, is that he said one of our tenants was murdered. Would that be the psychiatrist
0: from Split? I'm thinking either that or um, those boys in the apartment. Okay. So it, it could have been that. Like, I don't put it past him to be like it was the the psychiatrist.
1: Well, it's only because he made a cameo and split right next to the psychiatrist as, like, her personal assistant. Right, right. So I was like, is that kind of, like, his cheeky way of, like, reincorporating himself again?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know what why that man does the things he does. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, David Dunn tracks down the horde to the, the abandoned, creepy... Yes. probably feces-filled building, mm-hmm. um, in my Blood opinion. Blood factory. Uh, there's this epic showdown. He, like, lets the girls go. Like, he... Um, I'm sorry. David Dunn, like, breaks the bar, lets them go. Mm-hmm. I'm saying he, but there's a lot of he's in this situation. Yes. Um, and... They it's this epic fight. They're chasing each other, and the beast and David. Dunn. The beast and David Dunn. The mm. girls are not involved at this point. Although one girl gets a table thrown at her, and just her a arm, casual table. Yeah, throwing, her arm is
1: broken. Like just needed it. I'm sure she was fine. Yes. Yeah, so, would you prefer to have a broken arm or, or murdered? Yeah. To still be alive.
0: Personally, I would pray for the death option, but it's that's just oh, that's just me, you know. Yeah, everyone's um, to their own
1: opinion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, and so the fight somehow winds up outside, and yes. then the police are there. Yeah, they crash through a window. It's raining. Of now, course, the whole
1: thing like David for dramatic Dunn's, effect. David Dunn's kryptonite is also water. So I think that's the one reason they were able to, like, sedate him. Like, right. it's raining. You're trapped.
0: Nature is so cruel. Join me. And they're, like, flashing lights at the beast, which apparently, like, switch it. D- they didn't discuss that at all in Split,
1: though. So, yeah, like, like these, this is new. Yeah, these lights are supposed to flash, like, rapidly and trigger Kevin to kind of initiate into a different personality. So the beast can never get to that point of being, in, like, initiated. Right. Um. But one thing that I couldn't help but think of on second watch was, like, couldn't you just, like, close his eyes and just, like, walk to the (laughs) door? Like, use your sense of smell that a beast would have. Or just walk with, like, your back facing. I don't know. And that's why I'm, like, I don't want to get nitpicky. Like, I am willing to, like, believe, like, in suspended disbelief for a while. And, like, when you
0: enjoy a movie, too, you want to be, like, yes, I'll accept that. But also, like, as a movie watcher and, like, I'd say you're, like, fairly skilled in, like, picking out these types of things. You know, it's mm. obvious. Um, yeah. But, and then, so that's when, is it Staple? Ellie Staple. Yes. Yeah. My Girl Sarah Paulson rolls up. Mm. And here's the thing. Because we can say spoilers. I should have known this woman was shady from the minute she showed up because she was not smoking. <laughs> and literally every character she ever plays smokes. And I just, like... Is it because like she wants to get an award, and so we're all like, please give right. her an award before she gets cancer? But like she wasn't smoking, and I was like, there's mm. a problem here. Something's not right. Also, for a
1: psychiatrist, she was very fashionable. Lots of pastels. The lots aesthetic? of long pea coats yes. and trench coats. I'm like, I've not met her. Many aesthetic doctors was very. That that it pleased
0: me. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a quick shout out to Sarah. We love you. <laughs> I I love her deeply. Every character she plays is just genius. Mm. Um, I I can say that confidently. Mm. Um, so they are arrested, David and Kevin Wendell Crumb. They're yes. taken to a what I assume is a psychiatric facility. Yeah, but it seemed like an old psychiatric the, facility yeah. that they repurposed. I feel like it like Loki wasn't legal, but also like mm-hmm. I. Th- I don't know. I had the impression it was attached to a hospital because, like, we saw, like, other nurses walking. True, but we only focused on, like, two caregivers. Yes. So it seemed, like,
1: fairly isolated, but also not. Yes.
0: Um, So they're each put in a room that essentially has, like, their own version of kryptonite. So David Dunn's room, if he tries to escape, uh, will flood. Yeah, and all these water
1: closes are connected to
0: each. Which ball. is just a waste of money, in my opinion. And water. People are thirsty out there. Yeah, like, come on. There are towns that don't have water to this day right. for five years. It's it's I no matter who you're talking about. Gee, I don't know. We live in Michigan. Um, just a little bit, or not a lot. A little, a little salty. Oh, a little bit. Um, and that, <laughs> I'm sorry. Bad. Poor choice of words on my part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb can, what can we call him for short? Cause Kevin Wendell Crumb, Kevin, Kevin, my boy, Kevin, my son, um, he's in a room with flashy lights everywhere. Again, mm. waste of money. I, all that electricity
1: though. Mm. Um, but I'd say most importantly, they are housed in the same facility that Elijah Price, aka Mr. Glass, has been housed in since the events of Unbreakable yes. fifteen years ago. I think one of my bones to pick, however, is this film. Glass is named after Mr. Glass, and we do not get a lot of concentrated time on him. There's a fair amount of setup on Kevin and David, but not. He's only for like
0: a, maybe a total of ten minutes. Maybe he's that's like, generous.
1: And how do, how would I say it? The first few minutes, you think that he's, like, he's
0: had a lobotomy vegetable. or something. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, for the first, like, third of the movie, I'm like, well, if I get to watch him just deteriorate, that's not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right.
0: Um. Yeah. Anyways, they're all three united. Which the is three not amigos. good because, like, everyone wants to kill each other. David Dunn wants to obviously No kill one is Glass. anyone's friend. Yeah, there are no friends here. And, like, you think the nurses, like, there's two male nurses. You think that they're friendly, but, like, the one is, like, mildly, like, abusive. And angry. And, like, like I don't know. I, I don't know. He was just very, made me uncomfortable. He was, like, threatening to, like, break Mr. Glass's legs and crap. Yeah, while well, he was unresponsive. And the other guy
1: was just, like... I wouldn't say a slacker, because it wasn't terrible, but, like, he just
0: seemed like this is just the night job that I used to pay off
1: my student loans Yeah,
0: like, I don't think he understood the gravity of you are with three murderers, essentially. Um, To be fair, I don't think Ellie told many people that. No, um, but so they're all at this facility, uh, Dr. Staple... Uh, Sarah Paulson, she is interviewing them uh, each. She uh, is looking over the case file of Glass. She interviews his mother, which mm-hmm. she, I was surprised she was still alive. Not going to lie. I'm like... I was
1: I was really surprised that they were able to bring back as many actors as they did from the original That's breakable. why I have to
0: commend them, for sure. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people would be like, no, I did that like 15 years ago. Right. You know? Um and so sh- she's like, oh, like, I, would, I don't want him to ha- want him to be on all these drugs, you mm-hmm. know, because he was kind of unresponsive. And I think that was, I don't know if she meant it. I think maybe it was more of like a, mm-hmm. like, oh, like, look, I'm your friend. Like, it's fine.
1: Yeah. Also, I thought it was very interesting that her mom did not seem to have completely, like, removed herself from her son because he's still a terrorist. Like, and on yeah. it's revealed that he committed, like, numerous acts against yes. people, various crimes against humanity. And she's like, he's had a rough go of it. Like Yeah. Can't it, you just see the good in him? And I'm like, I understand you're his mom, but also
0: Moms be like, My son is amazing. Regardless. But also of the like havoc even here. Ted Bundy's mom like, at the end was like, Oh, that's not good. And then she was like son, okay, bye. apologize. <laughs> Say you're <we're> sorry. Um <laughs> She interviews Kevin, and uh, that's when we... I, I think that might be the first time we get to actually, like, see Patricia in this movie.
1: Yes, Patricia is one of Kevin's identities. I th- I'd say the main one would be Patricia and Dennis. Yes. Um, Patricia is this kind of, like, hoity-toity, fancy lady. She's sassy. She is sassy. I appreciate Patricia. But in, a, like, an upper-class middle, like... Yeah, like, she, kind of she's
0: the Karen and or Debra that you have to deal with in retail. Yes, Shannon. Oh, we all hate a good
1: Shannon. hmm Yeah. And then we have Dennis, who is a compulsive cleaner. Which I appreciate Dennis. I appreciate, he also is a little creepy. Yeah. Towards young women.
0: Which mm-hmm. he has to kidnap,
1: but, we, I mean. Uh, we all have our crosses to bear. <laughs>
0: I don't think pedophilia is a constant bear. (laughs) You're definitely right. Everybody instantly stops listening. They're like, oh, it's one of these podcasts. Right.
1: Dennis is a very complicated character. Let's just
0: leave it at that. Yes. And uh, what I thought was interesting is that, like, they keep flashing the light. Yeah. um, The lights in his room so that, like, different identities are coming out and there were a lot of identities that we didn't see before
1: yeah i was actually watching a fair amount of interviews with oh my gosh what is his
0: name james mcavoy James? yeah well, i don't know why i do this How there's could you certain predict?
1: there's certain actors that i just love but then i can never remember their names like edward norton can never remember his name when i need to anyways listening to interviews with james mcavoy and he said that he actually acted out all 23 of personalities that kevin had but after editing, like, two of them didn't make it, and he was very <laughs> upset because he's like, I spent all this time crafting yeah. all 23, and you cut two of them out, so he technically did play every single personality that the script said that he had. Not all of them made it, though. So I just found that to be really interesting. That's,
0: in, like, that's so crazy to like you essentially like actors have to create the the person they're portraying and Mm -hmm. he he essentially created 23 people Mm -hmm. and like that's I mean they and what I appreciate about this movie is whenever he is in his own like whatever identity like the movement's different his facial reactions are different
1: like the audience doesn't waste any time wondering who is there and when
0: right like um and and what I thought didn't give it a fair, like a fair showing in this scene is that because the lights, it's so abrupt. And Mm -hmm. so he's switching like back and forth from character to character. Um, And, and so like we see it later in the movie, uh, he switches like mid conversation and like, you could just tell just by the way that like his face tightened and he sat up straighter a little bit that he Mm -hmm. had gone from uh, Kevin to Patricia. Right. It was just insane and i could instantly tell
1: that had another actor been cast who couldn't have made that switch so easily it would have been a terrible movie like split and glass by yeah, extension no, would have been sure. awful
0: so i give james mcavoy like all the credit for that he he's should... like the male tatiana maslani from Ooh, orphan black mm. that's that's kind of like those are both actors that i'm like i they're the same people obviously but like right. you're just like how are you not a different person right um would you like to carry on with what goes on with David Dunn?
1: Uh, with David Dunn, here's my bu- like. Here's my main critique. I'd say is that not much happens with David Dunn. Right. Look, we haven't seen this character in 15 years, and I was very excited to see Bruce Willis come back as this character. He's I now am- completely bald. Yes. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was never a huge fan of Bruce Willis and his stuff, mainly because.
0: Die Hard is a work of art. Okay? I mean,
1: Die Hard is beautiful, but besides Die Hard, is there really any you're Bruce right. Willis movie? Like, I mean, The Ugh. Sixth Sense is good, too. Yeah, that's another M. Night One, I guess. Um, but I think this is one of the best performances he's done. And maybe I'm biased. I really like Unbreakable. But his arc or his, like, development is, like, slim to none. You yeah. see him prowling the streets as his new um, identity, the overseer, for a bit. Then he's locked in this facility, and he goes through, like, the same process that he goes through in Unbreakable, which is, like, thinking he's a regular man in a, like, a, like extraordinary world, and then realizing he's an extraordinary man in a ordinary world. And, like, that happened in the first movie. That was the yeah. entirety of the plot.
0: <laughs> well, uh, like... You know, we kind of forgot to say, but like the entire point of them being in this facility and this psychiatrist, uh, Doctor Staple, coming mm-hmm. for three days, is that her job is to convince them that they are normal humans, that they don't have any abilities or powers, and there's you know, yeah, so that that or I, I think it was implied that they were going to be executed or something. I um I I got the
1: like feel that they were going to get some sort of. Modern lobotomy, or something, based yeah, on like or like surgical just, procedures. They she didn't kept really to. say. Yeah, but she kept saying that we they were all suffering, Kevin, Mr. Glass, and David Dunn were all suffering from illusions of grandeur that she had to deal with as like a kind of growing field yeah. as a psychiatrist, or like a growing ailment.
0: Which, like, I'm like, look at any politician, and that's illusions of grandeur, but this right. is different, like, right. um. But yeah, so th- that's the entire reason why she's there. Um, and but she only gives herself three days to like, which I didn't understand that either. To like, like
1: ruin everyone's sense of self and have them like questioning everything. I'm like, three days is a pretty a steep order. It, it is, there.
0: and it kind of almost works with David Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, it, it doesn't at all because no. it, I mean it, it would be hard to get through to a person when there's. Twenty. She does other rattle Patricia, though. She just yes. start thinking like because Patricia's like the prophetess or in charge of like the m- the, the beast Mother Goose. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mother. All the like really messed up geese babies. Yeah. I'm just chilling. Um. Like she was making the point of
1: uh, Kevin used to work at a zoo. Would he just kind of take these characteristics based on the animals yeah. of and apply it to himself? She made the argument that while. Well, He was chasing his previous victim, Casey, at the zoo. He bent some bars, like iron bars, um, down the basement. Oh, they were old. Yeah, and they're like, they're old bars that used to contain animals, but I could open them with a fair amount of pressure. And he was a little shaken. By he, I mean Patricia, as Kevin, Kevin as Patricia. But towards the end even Patricia doesn't really buy into it and she accepts the whole beast for who he is or what they are I'm not sure if when the beast is the beast it's just that entity or it's everyone as the beast
0: yeah I I don't know if I have an answer for that I don't think anyone does Mm -hmm. um but uh, like so essentially she's just for some reason trying to disprove their quote unquote illusions Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, um,
1: Elijah is just acting like yeah a complete vegetable, and nothing
0: seems to be getting through to him. But including regular conversation, true. But we find out that he's also like sneaking out of his room at night. He' been lying. He he' been lying. He' been sneaking. Mm-hmm. Um, he I, I want to say that he' been snooping a little bit too. He like he creeping. Mm-hmm. Um, what I enjoyed though with the interview is that like. Just real quick, the aesthetic of that interview where she has, like, all three of them in front of the, like, pink pastel behind her, like, that screen cap alone mixed with, like, her outfit, and, like, even, like, the scrubs they were all in were aesthetically pleasing. No, I will say that M. Night has
1: always done a good job with color theory in his movies. Like, Unbreakable, it was really obvious that yellow signified Elijah's color and, like, the villainous color, and then Daily Dunn was green. That was his color, and that's, again, brought to glass, Like, even in the scene where um, David Dunn's son Joseph is in the comic store, Mm -hmm. like, there's the villain side is lit up in purple neon, and the green side is lit up in green neon. So I was trying to determine what color he was giving... Kevin, I, I think say it was yellow, yellow. yeah. And then I, I want to say that pink or like a pastelly pink purple was Ellie's yes. staple, and it was like subdued and kind of barely there. But I also feel like that was hinting to like something beneath the pretty surface, yeah, in regards to her character, which we will
0: get into, yes. But so while all this is happening, it flashed to Casey from Split, yes. Um, so it flashed between her and then Joseph, David Dunn's son. Who he's trying to like find his dad because he went missing yes. suddenly, as we know. Um, he's in a facility. Casey is in high school. Mm-hmm. She's, I want to say, thriving. She is living her life. Mm -hmm. She looked great.
1: She is now part of a foster family. She's been, like...
0: But, like, it wasn't one of those where, like, in... I feel like every time a foster family situation is shown in, like, a movie or TV... Right, it's it's not positive.
1: No, it's, like, the parents are abusive and, you know... And to bring context to why she's in a foster family, um, her uncle was abusing her in Split, and she kind of felt helpless to the situation, but... Until the Beast. Yeah, but coming out as a survivor of this kind of... Hostage kidnap situation. She decided to turn her uncle in, and now she's with this family that's actually treating her quite nicely. Um, Casey's played by Anya Taylor Joy, for those who don't know. She's also in. I have no idea. Yeah, she's also in the Witch or the Vivitch. I don't know how to say it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> don't look at me.
1: No, if you look at the uh, movie poster, they spell it in the weirdest
0: way. I know there's a reason for that. I can't remember. Off the top I would of my look head, things up on my laptop, but also I'm recording with it, so I'm terrified of ruining anything. No, you're good. I get it. My phone's dying. It's 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 a life I'm living here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but she gets called into school, like called into the office at her high school. I, assume? I
1: don't know. It,
0: like, I, I don't know if it was the principal or, like, I feel like it... I feel like there should have been more people there and, like, you know, her parents yeah, or, anyway, like, foster parents.
1: Anyway, they're like, guess what? The guy who kidnapped you, he's back. He's in this facility. Yeah, they
0: caught him. And she's like, oh.
1: And, and I was very
0: surprised by her response, which was, well, I need to talk to him immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so because they had, like, I guess there had been, like, a connection kind of at the end of the movie when he's like, you... Um, what does he say? Like, you are pure or something?
1: Yeah, the Beast's argument is that people who haven't undergone trauma of right. a significant type are not pure because they haven't been, like, molded in the fiery furnace of, like, tragedy, I guess.
0: I don't, I don't know. But So, that's so they have, reasoning. like, a moment. And then, so she shows up at this facility, and she's like, let me talk to Kevin, mm-hmm. like... I I know how to talk to him. I can bring him back. And so, like, while they're having this therapy session, she, like, shows up. Mm -hmm. And she says Kevin Wendell Crumb, which brings him back to his, like... Yeah,
1: for lack of a better word, it triggers him back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, fighting it. And it's, like, kind of hard to watch. Um, Yeah, like I
1: did not expect throughout this entire movie to feel sympathy towards Kevin's character at all. And then the whole, like, two victims of abuse... Because exactly. we come to find out that Kevin had been abused as a child by his mother, and that's why he kind of was forced to create all of these personalities to mm-hmm. kind of hide from the harsh realities of his life, again, being cleansed through, like, something terrifying, being pure. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was a really interesting dynamic, although at first I wish, I don't know, what could have been set up to have that reaction to him being back seem more natural and not forced. Like, I want to talk to him. Yeah. Because my gut reaction is... And again, I haven't undergone significant trauma or anything. But if I was kidnapped by someone and someone told me that they were they were in custody or arrested, I'd be like, I'd be like "Are they gonna stay there yeah, for that, a significant like, to amount of that, time?" I'd be like,
0: okay, I'm gonna leave the country right now mm-hmm, um, for a bit. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't be like, I can't "I'll be wait wait back with him. when they have a prison sentence." Yeah. Um, but, so she goes and sees them. There's like this odd like I don't think they were trying to make it romantic. I think no. it was just that they had like had a connection because of the abuse, but like they're like embracing and like keep in mind like David Dunning and Mr. Glass and the uh psychiatrist mm-hmm. are still chilling there. Like they're, they're like, still what? they're watching this happen. It was really what? weird. Um that I feel like a lot happened after that, if you wanna if you wanna take the reins well, here. Because well, you've seen it twice. Yeah.
1: And then everything shifts when we find out that Elijah has been faking it from the beginning. He yes. is not a vegetable man, but a real, high-functioning, incredibly inquisitive and smart man who has kind of jacked up his wheelchair that he's been using to hide his medication and keep himself from taking it and not kind of... Because become... he's supposed to be super intelligent.
0: Yeah, like, he's that's very intelligent. Superpower.
1: Yeah, I would say that's a superpower because he has osteogenesis imperfecta, which means his bones break easily. So the whole thing in Unbreakable is that they paralleled each other. Like, he was very smart, but, like, physically weak. And then Dunn was very physically strong, but kind of unsure of himself. So... Which
0: the dynamic is still kind of here, too.
1: Yeah, like, he's still taunting David throughout, because he starts plotting. Like, you feel like he plotted this whole thing from the beginning. Like, he comes and visits
0: David. Yeah. And he's like, oh, like, you know. Mm -hmm. And then he, like, pulls the hose out. Right. So basically
1: he um makes this reveal that he's been fine he's been thriving this whole time uh leaves his room because i think he knows the code steals keys something like that he gets out of his locked um patient's room uh meets the beast for the first time they kind of form an allegiance and he says well like don't forget about me i'll need you in a bit and then we cut to the next scene where he's, like, waking up abruptly, and Ellie Staple has made the executive decision to give him his procedure early.
0: Which, I do not know what that procedure was.
1: I think it's the lobotomy. I'm sorry. Um, maybe I'm just being really ignorant no, because I'm I told him to No, I'm assuming it was, because there was, like,
0: that, that like, um, the laser, and then they pointed it at his forehead, which is where, like, the frontal lobe is. Right. So I don't know if it was like a high tech lobotomy, mm-hmm. but it didn't take, is what I'm getting at. Like, well, they do a
1: flashback sequence, yes, kind of like a mini flashback, like before the events of this procedure. When we realized that Elijah has been like functioning since the beginning, and he seemed to have wheeled into the room and replaced those glass yes. spheres that
0: they use For to lasers. kind of filter through
1: the like laser gun thing um and he just changed them out for i assume regular glass so he wasn't affected
0: regular glass <laughs> that's what He's they should have the
1: <laughs> regular glass in theaters next summer
0: um, no <laughs> <laughs> it's just him in a vegetable
1: state chilling <laughs> like staring at the wall yeah I feel like that wasn't a good enough reveal though like they're ampio no. like this is his movie like he is the villain and he is getting the treatment and I'm like, yeah. yeah I thought he was unresponsive and, like, for a good 20 30 minutes and now and
0: and then like you're like is that of... it but then it escalates when he's like he slices open the throat of one of the nurses yes can and I... it's not even the mean nurse who is abusing him mm-hmm. can it's I a just nice say man yeah
1: there's two caregivers, one that kind of threatens to like injure him all the time, which I did not understand. And the other guy, I want to say his name was Dale, I could be wrong, but yeah, I think it was Dale. Yeah, but he's like a nice guy, kind of taller, bearded, just a friendly fella. And he's there to help Elijah. And we, I think at this point, we do know that he is intelligent, but he's had this procedure, so we think he's actually now.
0: Yeah, kind of disabled That's has what been I altered. Because that was like a punishment for him sneaking out yeah. and
1: eating the people's sandwiches. Right. So now uh, Dale is back taking care of him and the, I don't know why I didn't put this together earlier but the caregiver, Dale, at one point looks at like pictures of Elijah and his family and he says that one of them has been moved. I never yes. understood what that was. It was because he had taken the uh, picture frame off the wall and had broken the glass to use the shard oh. to then... Cut Dale's throat. So I was like, Ah, okay. I missed that. Yeah, I felt really very dumb for not (laughs) realizing that on the first watch. But there was a lot happening. Yeah, and then he just goes full on villain. Leaves Dale there chilling and (laughs) dying. And he wields like his control center. Does some computery things that we don't know as the audience what he's doing. I had
0: no idea what that was.
1: Yeah, like he's coding or something. But we were not informed of what. And we see on a news station that the Osaka Tower in Philadelphia is being built or being—it's some grand opening is happening in like a few days or the next day. So he
0: goes to yeah, the. I didn't know beast. If we were supposed to know what that was or not, or if they were just like, "Here, let's pick a location."
1: Yeah, that did seem a little ham-fisted in there. Like they kept showing it in like the skyline and stuff. Yeah, but, I was like,
0: does this have significance? I'm like, this
1: is Philadelphia. Like, why is it called the Osaka Tower? Like, home They
0: <laughs> were going for Nakatomi Plaza. Right. It
1: wasn't working. Right. So he makes the decision to kind of convince the Beast that, like, in all comic books, there's this scene of great confrontation where the villains come right. out in, like, a public area public space and like make their presence known and like wreak havoc on people and he's like this is the perfect day to do it the perfect place to do it this new buildings being unveiled like what do you say let's
0: partner up the beast well, agrees yeah but also so the, many on pure souls yeah, to be cleansed yeah he's like this is the ultimate way to harvest these souls right um and yeah but also, like he gives David Dunn an out. He's like, "Look, I'm gonna." He unplugs the hoses. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, "If you're man enough, or whatever." If like, you are unbreakable. Yeah, like but at this point, like David Dunn is having a crisis of identity. He'd be doubting I guess. again. He'd be doubting. He, he again. He always be doubting. He was like, "I'm a superhero, and I'm not a superhero." And it's like flashing back to like him telling his kid that he was a superhero. Mm. Can
1: I say that was so cool? I did a really.
0: Um, I large, promise like, that was not a fart. I just moved my headphones. <laughs> I would just like to preface that um, I don't know. I can't edit that out, so we're just gonna main <laughs> comment now. Eliminated. Did you just <laughs> fart at minute like whatever? Right?
1: <laughs> no. So <laughs> sorry. No, you're you're so good. Back to the um, <laughs> David Dunn. Be doubting. Um, note: I did the a study. Movies. Yeah, I did a study of the screenplay for Unbreakable and. There were, like, two or three scenes that were written, and I think filmed, but got ultimately cut from the movie. But they saved those scenes and put them in glass, so all the characters, which, it was when awesome. you first see it, you're like, wow, they did a really good good job of, like, I don't know, animating over these people, making them look younger. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> False. This was a deleted scene from Unbreakable, which was really cool. But when I got past the whole cool factor, I'm like, besides the Joseph Dunn flashback, I don't know if it added anything. Like, when Elijah Price had his flashback... His childhood. It was just, like, this terrifying childhood experience where he was on, like, this tilt-a-whirl thing, except all of his bones be breaking.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that was, like, maybe the first time he experienced that or, like... Well, like, in the beginning of Unbreakable, he's born
1: in, like, the back of this, like, department store, and the doctor is, like, terrified because every single bone in his body is broken. So I'm like, he had a very peppered, I don't, little, like, I don't know like tragic life from the beginning. Although it was cool to see it like on screen. I mean that's filmed, what happens but. when you're
0: born in the back of a department store. True. I mean you're just Shout signing out to yourself up for star babies. To... <laughs> Them department store babies. <laughs> <laughs> All five of you. <laughs> Can we get a clean up in aisle four, please? Yes. Um I wonder what kind of like like payment you get if like you accidentally have birth like have birth if you have like give birth in the middle of a store you get like, paid how, to do that no, like, like how much do you have to pay oh. to rectify that situation i thought you were
1: saying if you're an employee who has to deal with that situation do you get like an extra like
0: <laughs> no but i'm thinking like you know when you slip when in like paycheck. a store and like you can sue them for money yeah. what if you, like the store is like look you did this to us we need some money
1: help <laughs> please we can't recover from this that is a very interesting question anyways um carrying on okay osaki tower is opening yes. villains are coming david has to come to a decision is he strong or is he not he tests himself throws himself off the iron door like iron steel door and nothing happens we're like he doesn't believe, like Polar Express style. He does not hear that bell. He tries one more I hate time. you so much. <laughs> and I wanna know who likes that movie. <laughs> it's terrifying. It <laughs> that, scarred me. I think it's just the animation. If it was like just 2D or regular like CGI, I would have been fine. But it was the weird creepy Tom Hanks that did it for me.
0: Dang it, Tom Hanks. <laughs> anyway,
1: um throws himself at the door again and it gives way a little and he's like, huh. Tries again. Interesting. The door breaks, but guess who is not break? The unbreakable door. The unbreakable man. Man. Like, I'm like, guess who is not un-bro-break? Broken. Not, he is intact. Still,
0: <laughs> he is one piece of yes. a man.
1: Anyway, he is full overseer. He goes to the um, room where all of the personal. Items are of each character. He grabs his like superhero cape, cloak, rain poncho thing, starts running through the facility. At this point, they are all at a standstill right outside the institution in the parking lot.
0: But also, like uh, before this, like Mr. Glass had the Beast help him escape or something. That's true. Yes. So he's like wheeling him in this like corridor and like mm-hmm. as Patricia in a women's nurse in costume. Crocs. And Crocs. And they pass two people. They're just Mm -hmm. like, yep, that is another fellow nurse. That That shouldn't be in the basement. Yes, with this patient that shouldn't ever be unlocked.
1: Yeah, so they were kind of a little bit obvious in their form and method of escape. They full-on, like, slaughter and kill the second caretaker, who was, like, kind of mean and abusive to Elijah. Which is good. I didn't like him anyway. Yeah, let's hit the beast on him. He, like... Ground pounds him to death. <laughs> and then they escape yeah. as Patricia through yeah. the basement. A detail they escape through the basement. And okay, Elijah and Patricia outside in the parking lot await yes. David Dunn. That's he is how now they got in the to the parking, parking lot. lot. And Casey Cook, the uh, former kind of kidnappy of Kevin. And David Dunn's son. Joseph Dunn. And. Let's not forget Elijah Price's mother all seemed to arrive at the same time. How convenient was that? Yes. I don't know, I know if feel they like were they notified were kind of conspiring together, trying to get their loved ones slash former <laughs> Abuser <laughs> out of prison. Yeah. Um, but they all arrive around the same time and they're like, oh my goodness, they're all about to face off. And it was very epic feeling, but at the same time, I had to kind of zoom out and be like, this is a parking lot they're fighting in.
0: And it, yeah. It wasn't even like Avengers level, like, like Civil War where they're at an airport. It, this is like <clears throat> a hospital parking lot.
1: Yes. And I would like to say, I think a factor that did not help the movies now is that when Unbreakable came out, like, the superhero genre was not well-established. Right. So it was easier to digest. I feel like now we have such high expectations of things. I know I shouldn't be comparing M. Night Shyamalan's series trilogy to, like, DC or Marvel, but you can't help it. So I was trying to tell myself, well, it doesn't need to be this epic thing because every single movie mm-hmm. previously had not had an emphasis on, like, spectacle or show, but still you were expecting some
0: sort of, like, fabulous thing to occur there in the parking personally lot. personally very kind of disappointed a little bit. Like, I – well, not disappointed, but mm-hmm. I, I – my expectations were – should have probably been lower.
1: Yeah. Also, a thing that I found very interesting, like, which – led onto to the twist or kind of foreshadowed the big twist, mm-hmm. which kind of blew my mind but also made me upset and triggered me back to how much I hated the twist. We will get was there. When they were showing like <laughs> exterior shots of the mental mental facility. They would always do it from like a high angle, like an angle like where the camera's placed at, on the ground looking up.
0: Yeah, And I was always
1: like, why are they framing this big, disgusting pothole in every exterior shot of this mental institution. Yes. Why are they focusing on this ugly pothole? Like, I don't understand. Comes into play later.
0: But also, like, in the middle of the movie, like, the first time Elijah, they found him in the hallway, Mm -hmm. like, the uh, doctor had them install a bunch of cameras. Yes. And so, we're getting, like, during this fight scene, we're getting, like, all these different angles as if we're watching from the camera. Yeah, from a phone footage. Because what we find out is all of this is being streamed somewhere, which I'm assuming Mr. Glass set up when he was working on the computer. Yeah, when he was coding or something. I I guess. I don't know. Because it wasn't real mm. coding. Okay. Know? It was some numbers. So, some like a,
1: so, this is where M. Night gets really trippy. There are
0: two <laughs> twists. There's a baby
1: twist and then the mama twist. Baby twist is something that, like, true fans figured out way back when. Like, it was not a surprise to me, at least. And that it was that um, Kevin's dad was on the same train that David Dunn was on 15 years prior, mm-hmm. where all 131 passengers except Dunn were killed. And that kind of sent Kevin on this, like, path towards
0: destruction and abuse. Because I did not know this. You didn't? Okay. No. But I, I get, like... And correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. the dad was, like, on his way home to, like, take custody of Kevin from his abusive mother. Or to... It was either that he was trying or, to find Or, like, treatment. to medicate her, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he was trying
1: to find treatment. He had some sort of, like, pamphlet he was flipping through. But the reason people have been theorizing about that for a while is that in Unbreakable, you see kind of muted flashbacks or flashes of some kind as another one of David's powers. Like, if he touches someone, he can see previous, like, evil acts that someone's done. Right. And the person in question is usually wearing a very pronounced color. Again, M. Night Shyamalan, the use of color. And one of those flashbacks was a uh, woman in a pink blazer who was beating her son with a newspaper. And now his name was never, like clearly given, Mm -hmm. but it was a mother, like, attacking her child, so a lot of people kind of took that leap and was like, was that Kevin? (gasps) It's Kevin. It's Kevin. And, like, it was one of those scenes, like, it's a stretch, but maybe. Right. And I remember there's one scene where he's going to the memorial of all the victims of the train crash, and I was, like, listening for, like, a crumb, like, a last name crumb there somewhere, but there was no crumb or Kevin, like, mentioned in the manifest of people who passed away. So I was, like, theory ruined until it wasn't. And, and yep. I was, like, this can't be the twist. And I think that's another problem. When you become the twist person, you can't just have a good story. You have to have, like, a story right. that then
0: subverts itself. And plus, like, we, so we were all expecting a twist. So, like, we were pretty satisfied at the end of this. Like...
1: Twist-wise, yes. Twi- Not saying we liked it, but no. it did happen.
0: Right. But then, like, we... He, we would have been fine with just this, hey, like, his dad was on the train. But mm. well, then they had to go and ruin it. So, like, at this point, because the Beast has been fighting with Mr. Glass, trying to take out David Dunn. Yeah, There's this very, side. this very alarming scene where he's running on all fours. Uh, Terrifying. Kevin is. I wasn't a fan of that. I it, it was one of those where, like, humans shouldn't look that way, which is why it's creepy. Right. Um. Very unnerving. But... Once David Dunn is like, hey, like, was it David Dunn or Mr. Glass that was like, your dad was on the um, train? It's Joseph who tries to intervene for his dad. Right. Because he had been sleuthing on the side yes. while his father was David. Which, like, I felt like prison. we should have, like, seen more of him doing his thing, too. I know.
1: They brought back the same actor for Pete's sake. And I they know. They used to him. be like, hey, we need to The entire Dunn seconds.
0: family got screwed over. And,
1: like, the lack of David Dunn's wife, played by, I think it was Robin Wright. Yes, she is like on fire now. So I don't know why she didn't agree to do at least like one flashback I know. scene. Like there was one semi flashback. She was like scene a ghost earlier. Kind of. Yeah, earlier in the movie where he was going to talk to her, but you never see her. You just see her back turned to the camera, and I was like, that's not enough. <laughs> that's a for me to be shot. satisfied. Yeah. So, anyway, Joseph tries to help his dad, tells Kevin about what really happened. He, like,
0: switches sides. that
1: Elijah, again, was the terrorist responsible for this train wreck for all these people dying because he was trying to find this superhero that was the opposite of him. In an odd way, he kind of wanted to play God and force, like, a greater
0: purpose on his life that wasn't there before. Also, so when he turns, he starts, he essentially, he kills Mr. Glass. Yes. But it was done in such a violent way that even I was, like...
1: And, like, he... Mind you, Mr. Glass is a very brittle man anyway. uh, Yeah. And the Beast is a very strong, like, superhuman yes entity. And he just, like, first of all, like, grabs his shoulder, but, like, his... This is so gross. Like, his thumb crunches crunches through his collarbone, and you hear that. Absolutely chonking. Although the grossness and, like, the... Factor was kind of taken away when I watched it again, and the first time he, like, punches his ribcage, you don't hear a normal bone crunch, you hear the sound of glass yes. breaking, and I was like, "Yes, I don't like that as much. Genius! It was
0: genius, but also it just adds to that, like, this is so violent. It was also, I felt like it was
1: a little cheesy, it was, like, breaking. Yeah. It was like, yeah. a glass breaking? Um, Bones don't do that.
0: And then, <laughs> so, like before this because the reason why Joseph stepped in is David Dunn like there was this random water tank that he was thrown into that was the tank connected to his prison so I want to say uh, that I mean that would make sense but still they could have those things are underground yeah <laughs> generally this, this conveniently placed this above. water tower <laughs> yeah. the short water tower um and so he like He's in it, he's fighting the beast, he breaks out of it. So he's been laying in this puddle because like again it's his kryptonite, yes. which is why his son <laughs> intervened.
1: Yeah, he's weakened because of the water. The beast is fine, but now his allegiance with Elijah has been compromised. Right. We
0: don't know what's gonna happen. So like he murders Elijah, then the beast so Casey runs up to the beast. She gets like, I Kevin need to back. like dissolve this situation. And this is where it began because we were already upset that Glass was dead. Yes. Because the movie was named Glass. Yes. <laughs> At least in my opinion. That's that's why I was mad. Yes. Um, he barely did anything. And then his, like, rubber right. cage got right. crunched. I was like, him. give my man some credit here. Crunch, crunch. Crunch, crunch. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, that's conched. it. Um, and so she's <laughs> like, it? she brings Kevin back. And, like, I, because he was like, I'm going to fight the beast. And, like, I thought maybe this is, like, kind of like his, re- not like a redemption. But yeah. like maybe there's he's gonna stop hiding now mm-hmm. and like he doesn't need the horde anymore.
1: Yeah, like it really is like this touching break from the violence. She hugs Kevin at first. You're like, no, because he want doesn't to... have a shirt
0: on for this yeah, entire movie, and he's
1: a grown man, and she's playing this high school student, so it felt a little. And weird. he kidnapped her. Let's he not forget yeah, that
0: abuser. H- all abuses hugging. aside, yeah. she was kidnapped.
1: Yeah, but like after a while, you start to feel sympathetic during this hug because you see Kevin, the real Kevin, come back and say that I'm fighting yes. to be present, to be
0: yeah, like, like, like I'm done. I don't I'm need that.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna fade away from <sighs> existence and have all these random personalities take over my well being. And, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what an amazing arc that I did not see coming for this character. And I did not know I'd feel sympathetic towards. Then...
0: You hear a shot.
1: No, like, first you see a laser, not a laser, but, like, a pointer from, like, a yes. automatic. What, or gun or s-
0: machine gun, I don't. I know nothing about guns. Oh, me either. Some sort of weapon. So, some... I'm assuming, like, like, the po- the scope, the thing to help aim. You see that, and then you hear a boom of a gunshot, and Kevin has been shot, like... He w- is bleeding out profusely. On to Casey. We Which is, like... It's upsetting that he's dying, but he's bleeding on her, which I'm like, no, girl. Yeah. No. And it's
1: it's upsetting. You he's now cannot made this get that stain out.
0: He's now made this decision to be a
1: good man. Yeah. Is shot immediately and after. Then, <laughs> and then they
0: drag out his death scene where she's holding his head in her lap. She's crying. He's crying. I'm crying at this point. I'm upset I'm that I'm sleeping like a baby. I'm getting
1: more angry than I am. I was expecting and more.
0: you thought that wasn't bad enough? Hedwig oh. like pops up to say goodbye. He's like, I don't, don't want to die because he's a nine-year-old kid. Yes, and I he's was like, nine-year-old personality. And I was like, nope.
1: Uh, peace like, I left the chat. I can't. do I was this. so
0: upset. Hmm. Do you want to? Do you want to carry on after that? Because
1: oh yes. Oh. At
0: and this then, point, I just couldn't and then pay like attention. This whole
1: thing, Ellie Staples, kind of freaking out, but she's not actively doing anything to like.
0: No, and that's when you know situation. something's up and you're like
1: something weird's happening because like the police is involved but she's not directly communicating with the police right um and the police seem to be the ones responsible for the death of kevin but and also kinda... there's
0: no one at this hospital that's like real concerned. Right? like we saw two nurses almost get kidnapped They're like, like again. before the fight yes but there's no one else from the hospital coming to help yeah it's a very like
1: desolate area that's why yes. I got the feeling it was kind of semi abandoned but we cut to um, Joseph and David. David is still like suffering next to this pothole that has now been filled with water because yes, the of this comes back. because of the water tank fight. This stupid pothole and Ellie Staple offers her hand to pull David Dunn out of the water because she knows that he is like he cannot do water. Water is not his thing. But close up to Ellie Staples' wrist, we see a clover tattoo. Yes. And then they cut to
0: the other... It was the Irish Mafia. Yes. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't.
1: <laughs> yes. I it don't... Was, it was the Irish Mafia. We can confirm a <laughs> mafia of Irish people that hate superheroes. It was the IRA, <laughs> the Irish Republic <laughs> Army. Anyways, we cut to all of these different people on this task force that we realize realized soon, quickly is not the police. They all have the same matching clover tattoo. She... Tells David that they're a society that have existed, she said, for like tens of thousands of years or something. Which I'm like, that. no, you haven't. And have like, it's yeah. it this
0: no, you society, it.
1: Illuminati type deal. When you're just bragging, that, so you have to like pull out right, random numbers. That had been trying to like stop any superheroes from being superheroes mm-hmm. and by keeping the status quo as it as it's been for years. So she's secretly been trying to off all three of these characters, and instead of offering her hand to help David, she offers her hand to see if her, like, plan worked. Mm -hmm. Like, did I ever actually get you to doubt? Because she's just sadistic and wants to find out if she actually was able to achieve her goal. Then my boy gets drowned
0: in a puddle. He's faced out already.
1: dies. In a pothole puddle outside of a parking lot of a mental institution. <laughs> I was so mad. Which,
0: <laughs> as as Michiganders, we already have a deep hatred for potholes.
1: Right. Because
0: our entire roads are just one pothole.
1: But also as a Michigander, you just learn to avoid potholes, like potholes do not control your life. Right. And then one of the strongest men who we followed for an entire film as he grappled with a sense of identity is drowned. In a pothole? In a pothole with maybe four inches worth of water?
0: In my good Christian neighborhood? No.
1: I was very upset.
0: And then then you like started Joining me and tearing up, which I was at this point. I was like, my crying had yes. like subsided a little bit.
1: Yeah, you were now like safely grabbing a handkerchief but,
0: and patting at your yes, drying eye sockets.
1: And I was just fuming. I
0: and f- but then David Dunn's son runs over and, and he's, he's
1: weeping over his dad. And I'm like, Oh, Casey is no. still
0: holding Kevin's dead body. The yes. mother, I don't even know what Glass's mother was doing. She
1: exchanges final words with her son. Like, I finally have this purpose, mom. Like, you can be proud of me. And she. And she, like... He's, like, sweet. She really didn't cry a whole lot. Of, yes. But at the same time, as a mother, I, I'd be grappling with a lot of things. My son had one more nefarious deed of his sleeve before he died. Yeah. And I really don't have any extremely good stories or good deeds that I can relate to others that my son But also, done.
0: like, she doesn't have to pay for the hospital anymore. So there's that. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: she can use her... Her, uh, what is it? Severance. What do What do old people get? Social pension. Yeah. So, social. Su-
1: Not there yet. Don't know. I mean, none <laughs> of that stuff
0: will exist when we're older. So yeah, it's gonna be gone by then. Mm-hmm. But it's can't wait. It yeah. It, we look forward to it. So, so, we're in the middle of this
1: emotional turmoil, thinking, yes. "Is that it, M Night? Why you ruined everything that you've spent years creating? You just like crapped all over your own." Characters, why would you do that? They didn't deserve that. We realize that Elijah Price, when he was coding or doing whatever crap he was doing in that back room on the computer, was secretly live streaming this entire fight,
0: right? That was with those cameras,
1: said security cameras, and he sent this live stream to his mother, Joseph Dunn, Casey Cook. So they all have evidence of all three of these individuals working at, like, superhuman capacities, whether incredibly smart or incredibly strong. And at this point, um, Casey and Joseph and Elijah's mom all decide to share this information
0: with the public. So there's... To, like, kind of, like, validate their, their, you know, connection and be like, look, like, we believed them... Right. You all should, too. And
1: I think the greater, like, story was supposed to be, like, if you have a power, if you have a skill, like, embrace that. That's what makes you unique. Right. Don't That's, hide it. Yeah. Like, don't hide your gifts kind of was, like, the general, like, message to everyone, mm-hmm. every audience member come the end of the film. But I couldn't help but, like, feel a little um, conflicted as Joseph Dunn is sitting there with Casey Cook and Elijah Price's mother as they are kind of slowly leaking this footage to Because the they're in, like, a
0: train station. Yeah, they're in
1: a train station, and they're watching it get, like, picked up by news, like, companies. People are finding it online, and they're all, like, gasping, being amazed. And I'm like, David Dunn, the superhero, the overseer that right. everybody loves, that he has, like, an underground internet following, does not deserve to be pulled yes. with an ex, like, terrorist and an ex, like, kidnapper who preyed on Murderer. young vulnerable women slash girls and i'm like i get they have powers and that kevin ultimately like but they should regretted his yeah. like wrongdoings but david dunn is not near in the same camp no, as the two. no are. not at all and they were all like holding hands joseph casey and elijah's mom as this was happening i'm like joseph you like deserve more than this right also right. he has no parents now all of his parents are gone. I don't know if he's in high school, that it was not clarified, or if he's in college, but he's alone well, now. So
0: that was confusing, because when they flashed to Casey's high school, mm-hmm. like, it showed, like, you know how A they young have- Joseph
1: Dunn.
0: So I was like, is he still like- in high school? Are they, like, is it that they've been living, like, in the same... Air like space right. and then every there's day? some scene where
1: Joseph Dunn is at either a community center,
0: yeah, or a gym
1: at his school was not clarified and he's watching some strong guy lift weights because even he's starting to think maybe my dad is not a superhero and that any guy who's really strong. I think it was implied the that can be they went to the same high school. That's what I, yeah, I, but I wasn't sure if he was like still in high school or like freshly yeah. graduated. Like, yeah, but I don't know how he's gonna
0: be after both of his no, parents. No, yeah. I mean, being, Casey doesn't have parents, so that's, you know. Yeah. I
1: just thought it was a very odd way to end it. I feel but, like you did a major disservice
0: to my boy David. But also, the way, like, they he kind of left it open-ended a little bit, because we f- we see, I can't remember, does she find out about the live stream, or does she go to that society um, Dr. Ellie Staple. Yes, so, she
1: does find out that he live streamed it, and she freaks out. But which this... again, Sarah Paulson is a goddess, mm-hmm. an amazing actress. Um, first, she has like this meeting with like this group of secret society people. They're all in this restaurant. One person leaves, I guess. The one person who wasn't part of. the I society. guess it was a signal. Yeah, yeah, and they all like. And then you see eating. everyone has
0: this clover tattoo. Yeah,
1: she announces that like the mission was successful. We will move on to the next city. Yeah. Then she goes to the um, mental institution, this facility, and She's, like, checks. I think she's getting her stuff, probably. Yeah, she's just
0: cleaning up. Cleaning up, mm-hmm. getting rid of the files, the evidence. Realizes that, um. She's got to work on that blood stain from that one nurse. Yeah. That, Sorry, Dale. Yeah, that ain't coming out. Um, yeah,
1: and she realizes that Elijah had been finagling with the computer. Which, she, that's when
0: she has her breakdown. It's
1: beautiful. But she like, realizes I, she done been caught by all the cameras she done installed. Done. Done. David
0: Done did it. Oh no. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> but like I just felt like after all that, they kind of left it where like they didn't tell us who the Secret Society was. There mm-hmm. wasn't really closure on that end. No. And I feel like David we, Dunn was done wrong. Yes, that too. <laughs> I, I know how you feel about this. <laughs> but also like I, I don't know. They there was no closure for the uh, family members and loved ones like you know Joseph I feel like they left that open so that if M. Knight wanted to and I know he said he didn't he was done making movies in this Mm -hmm. universe which but he left it all open Mm -hmm. uh, yeah as if like hey here's a movie about the secret society and how these three people fighting you know yeah even there was if, no closure in this movie. Like I,
1: I wouldn't even I would be opposed to the idea of even a different director picking up the same characters mm-hmm. and doing something with them. I don't want to see a prequel to Unbreakable or Split. no. I don't want to see a spinoff. I want to see what happens. I guess it would be kind of a spinoff to find out what happens to their immediate family and friends. But I don't want it, it to be so far removed from source material if another director were to pick it up. And I was trying to think, what are some overarching, like, deeper meanings from this film? Was M. Night trying to make a really big statement about something? And I think one of them definitely was embrace your talent, don't be ashamed of who you are type thing. But I was like, that's a little formulaic. I feel like a lot of superhero movies are that. Yeah, for sure. So I was also just thinking, this is just me, maybe he was trying to make a statement that like everyday heroes are not all heroes go out in like a blaze of glory or something Yeah. Sometimes there's people, I could see that sometimes there's people who like change the world for the better and live and die and people never find out about them Yeah. which is like so sad but very also depressing. a very realistic thing that everyone <laughs> has to come to terms with so maybe like David Dunn was almost like this martyr and symbol of like the every man the everyday heroes that don't get like recognition or praise until it's too late yeah i was like still you you wasted such a good character like and Unbreakable is a slow-paced movie so he was very methodical in the character of david dunn and then
0: in glass it was just everything felt very choppy that too in my opinion Mm -hmm. i just plot wise character wise um yeah I a feel, lot I felt like a lot of things I felt like he knew this was his last movie and so mm-hmm. he kind of like threw in a bunch of stuff to wrap it up, but it wasn't really wrapped up like sufficiently and yes, satisfactory to a satisfactory you know yes. level. I don't think
1: any one of these movies from this trilogy are like traditionally paced. No, not at all. like when I first saw Unbreakable, I remember thinking that was a really slow like payoff to nothing. Same with split too. Yeah, you know, I'd say out of all three, Split's probably the more traditional yeah. of the three, but they're very methodical, more, like, thought-provoking than they are action-based. Like, I know Unbreakable only has one scene of action in the entire movie, and it's, like, maybe a minute or two. Right, like it's right. And it's not intense. I mean, it is intense, but by Avengers, like, standards, it is not. So, I don't know. I just feel like, again... Maybe this is just our fault and the fault of a lot of people by having, like, just this unconscious bias or expectations brought to this movie that shouldn't have been. And especially you, I mean, you are
0: probably one of the biggest fans of this movie I've ever met. (laughs) Uh, You did a project on it, on Unbreakable. Yes. Um, So... I mean, I, I guess before, like, we kind of wrap this up, like, what are mm-hmm. your final, your overall and final thoughts about this movie?
1: My overall final thoughts is that, like, despite my grievances with the end, I really, I did enjoy it. I think they did a really good job with Kevin's character. I think that's the one character that had a really solid, like, arc. hmm But I feel like it was at the sacrifice of the other two characters. Yeah. Um, I think this is, like, a more of a big topic, I guess, but... The Rotten Tomatoes tab only gives it, like, a 37%, which is a rotten. And I don't... I don't know. I feel like with film criticism, people too often rely on what other people think before they see it. Yeah. And I would just hate on anyone to miss out on this movie by thinking that it's completely terrible. And I think that's also hard when a movie's third act is the worst act, because you feel like you end on such a sour note, versus, like, well, maybe the first act or the second act was shaky. You can at least have a satisfying ending mm-hmm. and you end up feeling more like fulfilled as an audience member but when the third act doesn't land you just kind of are left sitting in that disappointment like, which is what I did. Well, yeah. There goes my money. Yeah. Um, so I'd say it's typical M. Night I feel. It's either you like it or you don't. I feel like there's not a huge middle ground. Sometimes there is like with signs in the village I can make an argument for good points seen in those movies and yeah. his. But I don't know, when it comes to glass, I feel like it's how you it's how you take it. Yeah. It's either you have this optimistic optimistic lens from which you're looking at it, or you have this pessimistic lens. I choose to see more of the positives than I do the negatives in this movie. I just wish they changed the twist. Or it could have been even more submersive or subversive, that's the word. If they didn't have a main twist at the end, if they just left it as a traditional, like, what you see is what you get kind of thing, that would have been more shocking, because M. Night keeps relying on this wow factor that doesn't always land, and then that kind of ends up ruining his films. Right. It either ruins them or it makes them great. So I would have kind of nixed the whole... IRA Irish secret society. Of also, evil. we
0: are not trying to offend any
1: Irish people. Oh no, They're, we we just don't. We, we there don't. was a clover.
0: We doubt that That's Irish people are in we, a secret mafia. No, I mean I'm Italian. If anything, like you mm. know, I, there's more evidence against. We we both are. Like there's yes. more evidence against <laughs> yes. us. You know, um, but I mean, all these things aside, that uh, you you would recommend that people go see it. Anywhere? Yeah, I
1: would say people see it, but. As hard as it would be, try to divorce yourself from the notions that you have of superhero movies, because from the beginning, Unbreakable and Split have not been traditional. Right. So if you're expecting some big showdown, like, you never go to the Osaka Tower. No, yeah. You stay in the parking lot. Like, you stay in this very contained space the whole time. And that's where it's again different because I feel like every Avengers movie, every like, Justice it's a League, big final. There's, there's here's some the big location. Field. Here's what's going on. Here's a right. big ranty villain, but it's not that. So I would definitely say try it though, especially if you're a fan of um, Split and
0: or Unbreakable. Which so this is why I mean this is why we we did this podcast, why we hope to do this podcast is you've now listened. You guys have listened, hopefully, to the entire thing without being like, "Wow, Five I, this is boring." And <laughs> they like they don't know what they're talking about. Um, but so I mean, we've I we did, of course, miss like skip a few minor uh, plot elements, but nothing that like was too major. You know, just yeah. like little scenes. But I mean, this hopefully this podcast gives you the idea of whether or not you want to go see this movie you're mm-hmm. interested or if you just now know enough to have a half conversation with someone and pretend you know what they're talking about mm-hmm. like we're just here to equip you with that yeah come on. um yeah I mean uh I, I don't know what to do now uh, I guess follow us on we did make a Twitter we did uh, make there's your nothing kind of, on there.
1: We're professional.
0: We we have an email and uh, we we are professional. Uh, anywhere you want to contact us, uh, it is girl h y w for have you watched um, at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, our Twitter is girl h y w podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing there right now, but hopefully by the oh, time we'll get there. Don't well, you worry. We, we got you. Um, yeah i mean hopefully uh you guys enjoyed this podcast mm-hmm. and hopefully you'll give us another chance uh yeah. when this is more refined and <laughs> stay tuned uh, as we pick away at i'm um, about to edit that the, the heck us. out of this so <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> we this, haven't made a single mistake this what? entire time um but yeah thank you so much for listening Um, Again, this has been Bella Newfang and- Hannah Cummings. The beautiful Hannah Cummings. Oh, wow. The gorgeous- And blushing. My my friend. She is single, everybody. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Um, But thank you so much for listening, and hopefully you will hear us again.
1: Yes. Bye. Bye.